0: Welcome to the uh, 2019 season. It's official now, right, Bill? This
1: is it. Almost. Yes, sir. Right. Yeah. Yep. Another
0: couple days and you're, and you're there. Good to see you. Um, you had an interesting weekend, and I'm wondering how different, because it seemed like you had a lot of competition in this camp, maybe more so than other camps. Maybe you can answer that. Was this a difficult roster to put together because there were so many guys that you're sitting here saying, that guy could help us, and yet I don't have room
1: uh yeah it's it's always a little bit like that um you're dealing with the usual end of training camp um situations you know usually some type of injuries um and you have depth at some positions but you can't have it at all that's just the reality of the national football league so you have to pick where you you want to keep your depth or where you want to keep your developing players um and just figure it out so and every team's got to deal with the same thing it's it's always challenging, but um, just do the best you can.
2: You know, one of the the big one for us, I think, uh, was Hoyer uh, being released. Um, so I was just curious, you know, some of the dynamics that went into your decision to release him and keep Stidham.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, in the end, we're trying to do what's best for the football team, so that's that's really a short answer to it.
2: Was it was it just one of the? Because I saw that you said that there was a bunch of different considerations. Was one of them? Did Stidham just play better than you guys thought he would to the point where you knew you could trust him if you got into a jam during the, during the season
1: um well i mean we you know i think Jared had a good preseason but we'll see uh, i don't know we haven't been in the regular season with him or any other rookie but you know we have to make a decision we have to do what we think's best for the team so that's what we did
3: Speaking of Hoyer, things worked out well for him. He ended up out in Indy, got a new contract. There were some teams, I guess some other teams that reportedly were interested. Um, did you guys look into the trade market with him before you had released him?
1: Yeah, again, there were a, a lot of considerations um, with him and you know, with other players on the team. Um, but it is what it is, so we'll just leave it at that.
3: Because with him, it seems like he's well-respected. Everybody seems to like him. I know Brady yeah, of course, and Josh, yeah. everybody loved him. And it almost yeah. feels like... You kind of did him a solid because he can go pick where he wants, and he made more money. Almost seems like he did him a favor by
1: releasing him and not trading him. Well, look, a lot of times uh, situations that work out well for everybody are are you know good, good. So we'll see how it goes.
2: What Uh, was that? What was that conversation like with him? Um, Is it just a a numbers thing? You know, was it was it a tough conversation for you to have with him?
1: Well, it's never easy to have conversations. you know when you can't keep a player on your team that's that, that's the hardest part of the job so but uh, i'll just keep the private conversations between myself and brian
0: the um gunner Olshevsky and how that all played out um first of all did you watch bemidji state an awful lot last year <laughs> <laughs> do,
1: do, they got
0: so, filmed do you have do you have a room in here with a box that has videos of bemidji state because you watched the guy but originally we heard that he was released and then hours later he makes the team. What was that like? That must have been a strange situation.
1: Uh, well, it's uh, honestly, it's not. Um, again, when you have over thirteen hundred transactions throughout the league uh, in the, over this time period, uh, there's a lot of movement, and so a lot of different things happen. That's not the first time, but um, you know, a roster change from the morning to the afternoon. So, when, when it comes
3: to Gunner, there, there's so much how many players in college football for you guys to scout to go to Bemidji State? I'm curious. <laughs> like, it was, it just, did he show up at a pro day at a different university? Remember the first time you saw him?
1: Yeah, we brought him in for a workout and, um, didn't sign him. And then we signed him later on. And, um, you know, we weren't sure that we were going to keep him through training camp, but he did enough in the spring to, to move to the, to training camp and then did enough in training camp to get an opportunity in the game and mm. did enough in the game to so um, you know sometimes it's just getting that first look and getting started and um, you know but he's done well with his opportunities now he's got a long way to go i'm not he's nowhere close to being a finished product and all that, but um, we'll keep working with him and see what happens
2: i mean it's got to feel i, I guess as an undrafted <clears throat> free agent, I would think this would be the team I'd want a shot at. But with your guys' long history of of signing of, of undrafted players, I, I'm not sure, what is it, 16 or something like that? Something crazy, the amount of years in a row that you guys have, uh, that an undrafted free agent has made your team. Right. Because um, I, I would just assume as a player, like, oh, sure, you're just going to bring me in as a camp body. But it, it's a legitimate chance. If you guys perform and play, we'll notice you, um, and you'll get a legitimate shot just like anybody else.
1: All the players that are out there are in that situation, and um, I mean I've talked about that ad nauseum for the last twenty years, and I know there's everybody, proof
2: that it's actual. Like you're not full of it,
1: right? But I know everybody wants to pick the team who's going to be on the team in May and who's going to be on the team in August and July and all that. But that's just not the way it is. Um, we let the competition play out, and we do what's best for the team. And different players have different roles on the team, and it's not saying that one's better than the other, but in combination of all of them, sometimes the the mix is um, maybe a little different than what it otherwise could be, and that's just a reflection of trying to do what's best for the team.
0: You lost one of those guys in David Andrews this past week. You made trades to beef up the offensive line. How challenging is that, Bill, And that you've got an offensive line, you want them all to be on the same page? You're starting a season very quickly with the guys that are trying to learn very quickly what they're supposed to do. How challenging is that?
1: Yeah, well, it's not where you want to be. Um, But we felt like what we did were our best options. And um, now's the time uh, that the Labor Day weekend is when the most players are available. Most good players are available in the National Football League. So um, if you want them, that's a time where you can have a chance to get some, not all by any means, but uh, after that, uh, now you have another you know, 300-and-some players that are on practice squads, so it's a lot harder to get those players now. Um, and as teams are past the cut-down process and they have players that are on their team, it's, say, harder to acquire players at this point. Not that there won't still be some trades. There will be some, but probably not as many as what we've seen over the last few days throughout the league, not mm-hmm. just on our team.
3: How about the center in particular, Russell Bod- Bodine, I think it's pronounced. I'm not sure. But just him working with Tom, how much does that take You know, practice or work at it to be comfortable?
1: Yeah, well, it'll take a lot of work. Um, but, uh, you know, Bodine has a lot of experience. I mean, he started for four years in Cincinnati and started at uh, Buffalo. So he's played center. He played center in college, also a little bit of guard. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, but, again, we have you know, some players on our roster that have only had – less than a handful of practices with the New England Patriots. And so um, well, we have a lot to find out. But, again, we felt like those were our best options at this point. Not where we wanted to be, but it's where we are. But I, I feel good about those players, so we'll see how, how it comes along.
2: You know, so Demarius Thomas makes a team, and I just think of, like, other older wide receivers that have come through. Uh, just last year I think it was Eric Decker. I think Reggie Rain- Reggie Wayne was one of them. And I feel like they, they come into camp and then they just suddenly realize like maybe it isn't worth it maybe for whatever reason who knows right but Demarius Thomas seems to be different seemed like he was had a had you know, personally challenging himself to get back Achilles injury and he did it it wasn't like he had a whole year to, to rehab but he looked really good I just thought you know what did you see in him that that made you believe that this guy is going to one not only be healthy enough. Uh, but he's in it for the whole season right as compared to maybe a Reggie Wayne or an Eric Decker
1: uh right well um you know it's that's a tough question Christian because we're you know we're going on limited information we only activated him for practice um you know right at the end of training camp and then uh, of course he played in the Giants game so there's you know we we have to go on what we can go on I'd say the improvement that he's shown and the work ethic and um you know what he's been able to do has um you know has been good and it's been uh you know to the point where we feel like he'll be able to you know make a solid contribution for us this year um question is where where will it go you know and that's I don't know that any of us know the answer to that but at least I know that he'll work hard he's tough um you know and he's a dependable player who put everything he has into it so we'll see see what happens
0: you know you talked about um players in the um, during the preseason and everybody thinking because they look at names, marquee names or whatever, that these are the guys that are going to make the roster. And as you said, competition determines it. We always notice during the first four games, five games of the season, they're much different than what we see, let's say, after Week 10. So, how much more do you learn in the first four games about some of these guys who you were impressed with here during camp?
1: Oh, we'll learn a lot. This is a whole it's a whole different game now so we'll we'll find out a lot how our team is as a team and individually how we match up but um how our units overall match up against um you know other other good teams start with pittsburgh so we just haven't seen that yet um there hasn't been any game planning there hasn't been any strategizing it's just been you know go out and pretty much run, run the plays, get good at the fundamentals. And that's critical. I'm not minimizing that at all. It's valuable. It's critical. Uh, but the actual game planning and strategy and so forth, is a, that's a whole another component that will override a lot once it comes into play and it'll happen this Sunday night.
0: I know it's tough to win any game. Is it more difficult in the first four games because you simply do not have an awful lot of information? That suddenly you're in game one, you're in game two, and there's a specific player that's just torching you out there and you're sitting there going, wow. We didn't see this coming.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's the same for the 31 teams, too. I mean, they don't know any more than we do. Right? Uh, they've had the same number of practices. They've had the same number of preseason games. They've had the same number of, you know, generic-type snaps. Um, now is when it will really get difficult when people start attacking you and trying to expose your weaknesses and how well can you hold up. And whatever your strengths are, we'll see how strong they really are, how dominant they are, how... how um, what kind of ability you have to be disruptive or be explosive uh, against your opponents and you might match up well against one team in one area or another team in another area but I'd say over the course of you know six to eight games you'll get a pretty good sampling now what you have Uh, but even the first couple weeks in the season it it might look you know real good or real bad but that may not be you know the true measure of it so it'll take a little time to to sort it all out but the process is underway and you know we want to get off to a good start against pittsburgh but we'll we'll know more after this game than we knew today we'll know more in a couple of weeks than we know today but again i'm sure pittsburgh has a lot of questions themselves just like every other team in the league does
2: so uh speaking of pittsburgh we spent a big chunk of this time just looking back now there is a there is a game a lot of hullabaloo and glenn was just talking about chris lane is going to be performing here Thursday night, even though the game is in, I guess, Chicago. We didn't get the Thursday night game, we didn't get the Thursday get,
0: entertainment. He oh, so got the
2: entertainment part of that. Yeah. Um, but you know, people look at Pittsburgh and they go, "Okay, no Antonio Brown," and they and they may maybe maybe they don't think they're dangerous, but they still have a ton of weapons. Um, they still have a lot of skill at really at every single you know tight end, receiver, tailback. They still have Big Ben. Um just how uh have you do you foresee that you know being them being any different than they were in years past without Antonio Brown or is it do you think it'll still be the same I guess philosophy offensively that they've had
1: Well I think it'll be the same general philosophy but they've always been a, a somewhat of a game plan team they uh, do things specifically uh for their certain players individual players and they do things specifically to attack defenses so um We've played them obviously a number of times. They don't always play us the same way. There's variation from game to game. Um, They played us quite a bit differently up there last year than they did in seventeen on both sides of the ball. So uh, they're obviously willing to do that. And um, will they be different? I mean, they'll they'll find whatever way they think's best. We didn't see Connor uh, last year up there. You know, obviously we we saw Brown, but now you know it's not Brown. It's some combination of, you know, Schuster, Washington, Switzer, uh, Moncrief. Um, And so, and Johnson, the rookie, who's a pretty talented player too. So we'll see how they put that together for a game plan against us. Will it be the five wides that we saw up there uh, for 20 plays or whatever it was? I don't know. Um, And, again, they have a very good back. Connor didn't play against us. Samuel had a big day. Uh, So, We'll have to, have to see how that plays out. There's no Jesse James, but McDonald was really the go-to tight end for yeah. him anyway. You know, Gimbels does a good job there. He's a you know, big guy, a big target. So, uh, it you know, it'll be interesting to see how they – it wouldn't matter it, to me if this game was in Week 10 or Week 1. I think there's certainly an element of how are they going to play us that is an unknown.
3: So, Coach, you had uh, Gerard Mayo obviously working with the defense um, in capacity. um what about Troy Brown? I see him out there with the wide receivers. I'm just curious is he is he on that staff? Is he just just working with the receivers during camp, or is that something that continues throughout the
1: year? Um, yeah. Well, we'll um, we'll talk about Troy's situation, um, you know, internally going forward. But he's been a big help for us in the spring and um, has been able to uh, working into his schedule to be with us in, in training camp. So, you know, at some point we'll talk about the future.
3: You see him on the sidelines. During the season, or is
1: it? That... Uh, we'll see. I
0: Back to Pittsburgh. Um, in mean, one preseason game defensively, they were extremely active attacking the quarterback. Is that what you've seen from them defensively? And when you say you're not sure how they're going to play you, do you have plan A, plan B, plan C? If they play us this way, this is what we're doing. If they're doing this, we're doing this. Is that how you, uh, you, you attack it?
1: All right. Well, they led the league last year in sacks, so... The fact that, you know, they have an explosive pass rush this year in preseason, I don't think is any, right. any big surprise. They they hit the quarterback and rushed well last year. That's one of the things they are very good at. They're good at stopping the run. They're good at hitting the quarterback. Um, they play hard. They cause, uh, you know, get a lot of hustle plays, turnovers and extra effort, sacks and things like that. So that's the way they play. Um Yeah, I think that, you know, look, at some point the game will unfold and it'll declare uh, as to what time of game it is. Um, I don't think we, we, you know, we want to have an infinite number of contingencies for everything they could do. Um, We've seen every play that they had last year, all whatever it is, you know, 4,000 of them or however many it was. It's a lot. So, you know, they can only run, call it 165 in this game. So offense defense special teams we got to prepare for something if it deviates from that a little bit then we'll adjust to it and i'm sure they'll do the same
2: All right so uh, we're going to start this and this uh, interview with the not the drive of the week it's going to be the question of the week and the question of the week this week Made is an brought executive to you by, decision this yes. week he you know i up. did this no one was here to tell me to do this i did it on my own oh. uh, well just, done which is shocking. can i so we just saw this news come out, I'm sure you're obviously aware of it, that uh, you and Nick Saban are going to be doing a, an HBO special called The Art of Coaching. I just thought maybe you could tell us about how it came about. Uh, did did HBO approach you guys? Was this something you and Nick had always wanted to do? Um, if you could just mention that.
1: Uh, yeah, it's really an NFL Films production. I don't know anything about HBO. Um, oh, I guess it's going to be on HBO. Right? Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so NFL Films. So. Yeah. um, Obviously, Nick and I have a um, a long relationship and a great friendship, and we were approached on it and agreed to do it. And I'm sure that NFL Films will do a good job of it. It's hard to make me look good on TV, but sometimes they manage to do it. So, um, you know, they they seem to think there's a lot of interest in it, and so uh, I'm happy to partner with Nick on anything. There's nobody I have more respect and appreciation for. Um, in football and as a friend than uh, Nick Saban. So I'm um, I'm honored to be part of anything with him.
2: So just to give us some, maybe a teaser, because I, you're right, you talk about two coaches, two football coaches, that with the amount of success you both have had
1: we're both Croatian.
2: Don't forget about oh, is that. that, oh, is that it? Go. Does he like lacrosse? Is he a lacrosse guy? He's Croatian. <laughs> <laughs> is that part of the requirement? I don't think yeah. they. Do play- you take a trip back to Croatia?
0: I don't is that think. Part they, of it? I don't no? think
1: they play lacrosse in West Virginia. I think West Virginia is a baseball, football, yeah. basketball kind of place.
2: Do you guys just maybe? Uh, you guys go into you know revisit any old games? Uh, is it you guys swapping stories? You know, making waffles. What are we doing?
1: Yeah. You know, I don't know. That's really in the hands of the editors and the and the producers. Um, I think you know Nick and I have talked enough about, um, done enough probably for two shows. So I don't know what they end up using. I'm not sure.
0: So on top of that, you're like a media mogul now. You're doing that hundred greatest players in nfl history is there a bill versus time documentary coming out this 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 season
1: yeah you gonna I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get julian and consult on that
2: <laughs> he's got his
3: own production company <laughs> you get some guys
1: that can help you with it
0: but you're doing a lot of media
3: here it's very interesting
1: well the nfl 100 thing was you know it's a really once in a lifetime opportunity it was a great opportunity and uh obviously it came up this spring given the the anniversary of the nfl so um I would say it's just coincidental that the Saban Pelichik thing happened to hit at the same time. It wasn't planned or you know set up that way or anything. It just worked out. So,
0: so they don't want to leak any of the hundred greatest players. So, you didn't have to sign a non-disclosure or anything like that, right? They realize you're not giving it away.
1: Um, yeah, they asked me not to talk about it, and, no. and so and I, you know, I wouldn't want to do that. That's no. it's a you know it'll be a great show. It'll be a great uh, celebration of of the National Football League and, and the people who um, were recognized by the panel that selected them. And, again, I was thrilled to be a part of that um, that process and, and to be able to talk to some of the great great people in that group. Um, so it's it was it was a great opportunity. Yeah. I really am glad I had the opportunity to do it. Looking
0: forward to seeing it. should be great. All right, good luck with uh, week one, Coach. We'll see you here next week.
1: All right, sounds good. Have a good Appreciate morning. it, Glenn, okay. Christian. Lou, thanks.
0: Bill Belichick right here on OMF.